0: Banded together from remote galaxies are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time, the Legion of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat, the Super Friends. The Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is the Challenge of the Super Friends. Here we go. We would be honored if you would join us.
1: Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in.
0: I am the danger. Avengers!
2: Assemble. I am a Jedi, like my father
0: before me. Raj. Who is scruffy looking? Mass, Might wanna Buckle up, baby. Carlos. Smash you. King Tom. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? They are we can covered. And you, you're on The Sith List.
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 242 of The Sith List. Do you remember band, Front 242? No. They were a very industrial band. They were very nine-inch nails-y. Hard, really hard, though. They were called Front 242. So this is our front 242 episode, very similar to the Sith list, nobody will remember later on as well. But I am Araj Dolachahi, one of your hosts, and next to me is no one because Carlos Boragueo, the man we call Boo, is not here with us today because it is his anniversary, his three-year anniversary. So happy anniversary to Bootney, as we call them. Hope you guys are having a great time up in the mountains, frolicking in the snow. We just would like to tell you, Boo, hopefully you're listening. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode because you're not here. And what we do when people aren't here is uh, we go at you. That's why I haven't ever missed an episode because I'm afraid. <laughs> Definitely afraid that, of all you guys.
4: I think that Bootney is better than Brittany. That's a good
1: call. Yeah, I was imagining. <laughs> I had a couple go through my head too. Mr. Les Gonzalez, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. Eric Strothers, how you doing?
3: <laughs> I'm great. We're streamlining the intros. Remember? Yeah, uh,
2: uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. King. king
3: Tom, king of all pods. How you doing, buddy? I'm
2: I'm all right. I got my vaccine today at the Johnson mm-hmm. and Johnson. I am I am starting. You, would
3: you say you got the Big Johnson? Which <laughs> way? Which, which one did you get? <laughs> <Boing>. <laughs> so that's no. the one you just
4: get one dose, right?
2: Yeah, one that's dose. Right. I am starting to feel like in like two hours or so ago, I'm starting to feel a little bit loopy. So uh, oh. I. I apologize in advance, except for one thing I'm going to do tonight. Oh. Um, but when I was there, I sit down, and the woman administering it looks at me, and she goes, you know, from the mask up, you look just like Paul Bettany. Wow. Yeah, I was, I, I was uh, very impressed. You know, he's no Stanley Tucci, but it was still a good call. How dare you, <laughs> son of a gun.
3: Uh, I've only so- gotten Stanley Tucci when I shaved my head. <laughs>
2: All right? Well, not going to something.
4: Here's what's funny is when King Tom said that I'm staring directly at the upper left square and my God, you looked like him for a second when you made a certain face,
3: <laughs> like right there. <laughs> there it yeah. is. Well, oh, that's not good.
4: So, hey, uh, s- s- excellent job on the, uh, the vaccine, man. Last yeah, man. week during the show, I decided to go ahead. And you know what? I'm going to figure this out because I'm tired of waiting. I went and got mine the next day. Oh, I got goodness. the yeah. only appointment they had at the thing. Good. And I saw it Good. and I'm like, "Bang." And went and got it. Dude, it they have this down to a science. Like as far as like how to do it the National Guard was like just helping direct traffic mm-hmm. and people couldn't have been cooler. And it like knocked me out. I wasn't yeah. sick, mm-hmm. but I was so tired. Right. Which I one feel did like you get? I'm on
2: my way
3: to being knocked out. Puff Pfizer. Oh, I got the provisor too, and it <laughs> yeah. knocked me out so bad.
4: Now I was my, I was a goner. My wife Amanda, she
3: just had her second
4: because she mm-hmm. got it to go early because she's like a, a uh, an essential worker, unlike myself. Right. And uh, just like our household, and um, it's, that second one, man, she was it was not good. I mean, oh, she wasn't. I'm, not, I'm worried sick, about that. but she wasn't well. <sighs> uh, and I feel I'm like there's a song head. there, <laughs> but uh, um. I'm not sick, but I'm not well, but, but it's, no, uh, she,
2: Harvey danger. She,
4: yeah. Harvey, mm-hmm. Harvey. But it's, we ran it up a to see, but she, uh, but seriously, <laughs> she just was like knocked down laying around. Just, I can't decide if I'm miserable or not kind of thing. And so I'm really looking forward to that for myself Eric.
2: Oh, me too. Friday for me. You said I'm, you booked I'm, it during the show last week, Eric. Yeah. First time anything productive has ever happened during a game. Of
3: That's movie. right. That's right. During a game of Naboo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or the sythilis, by the way. Yeah.
3: In general. Well, I'm glad, King Tom, I'm glad you're vaccinated. So everybody around us uh, is getting vaccinated. So fantastic. That's good. That's great news. We're getting back to normality, people. Let's keep the train rolling. Eric, you got a story to tell us, I think. (laughs) Dude, have
4: you ever had seen something so baller that it like affects your soul where you're like, woof, game right there. Okay, yes. are you ready for this? Yes. My daughter is in the 3rd grade. She is 8 years old. She brings me her tablet and she's like, "Daddy, I'm not sure what this is all about." One of the girls in her class, who is also a cute little 8-year-old girl. I don't know if she was mad at the other girls in the class or what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all <laughs> what she do. They're all on messenger kids, okay? Oh yeah, for yeah. Parents, yeah. if you're not keen to what that is, You, it's Facebook Messenger, but the kids do not have their own account. It's all contact through you. They're their own entity, but you can monitor everything they do and all this stuff. One of her friends makes a group chat and adds all the girls in the class. Changes the name of the chat to fuck you and then bounces from the chat. (laughs) Eight-year-old girl. And I was like, wow. Woof. (laughs) yeah well well. scathing man i mean (laughs) did your
2: daughter know that word
4: oh yeah (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. i mean her mom is like dude my wife okay she is the greatest but like we routinely have like pirates and truck drivers call to complain about the language coming out of our
0: home
2: (laughs) so that just tells you how bad it is navy sailors right yeah our daughter's in the in the fifth grade and because of last year and this year they do a lot of um Google Meet and Google Hangouts mm-hmm. and they have their groups and there is so much shit that these girls put each other through and like my daughter tries to keep out of it but then they try pulling her in and it's, it's like the mafia it's like the it mafia gets, it, gets worse, it gets it gets worse it gets worse and the, yeah, there was this, there was this one boy like I was, I was, cause, you know we tell her we check all her stuff this one boy was like he just sent like a ton of fuck, fuck 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 like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Non-stop. I'm like, OK,
4: that's awesome, dude. That's well, the awesome. thing is, I can't, my I can't little, wait. Stella no. has no reference to what the word means. She just knows uh-huh. it's the yeah, most knows heinous it's bad. of bad words, right. you know, and uh, but that's a baller move. So little lady who did that.
3: Phew, well done.
4: Burn. I hope she's
3: you- not listening to this podcast. She's going to get worse. Where she got, got it from. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah. I learned right. it from you. All right. I learned it from exactly. Nabu and watching you. I've heard of a King Tom's reaction to Nabu. Yep. <laughs> oh shit! How that is baller. Wow, that's really cool. I can't wait. Malik told me to fuck off the other day. I was so proud. <laughs> it was a really nice moment. No, I'm just kidding. Of course he didn't. <laughs> uh, but I, it's coming. It's definitely coming. Well, guys, I think it's time for the shenanigans. Really quickly, check us out on the Sithlist.net and check us out on YouTube where you can find all kinds of reaction videos and breakdowns. We got some Mandalorian. We got some WandaVision. And now we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We have breakdowns and reaction videos of that. So check us out on YouTube there. Go back to our SithList.com. Check out all of our Potted Forward page, which has the Pop Culture Hour, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Force Toast, Canto Bites, Scissors with Savers, and Star Wars spelt out. So check that out. And then uh, go to Tee Public, which I just got a letter from the Walt Disney Company said that they just took out about 9 of our uh, shirts. So thank you, Walt mm. Disney Company.
4: Well, yeah, we had a we got a knockdown for one of our shirts. It was my awesome Taylor Sith t-shirt. Oh. Not by Taylor Swift. By who? By Disney for the word Sith.
3: They, oh, I, that's
4: why they a, probably
2: did on us. I I made a shirt for the uh Rise of Skywalker premiere. It was just one of those shirts with like it said Ray and Finn and Poe and Rose and B. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, like I didn't, I might've put Star Wars in the listing or something. And, but it never appeared in any searches. Someone actually bought it like a year ago, which was really cool. But nice. then, yeah, last week I got, I got some saying it was taken down. And, they, and took Eric, s-
3: they took six of our shirts, King Tom. They took they even took Ace Job, which I don't know why they would have taken Ace Job out. We drew that. Like I is, physically drew that on
2: on my computer,
3: and is the also name of
2: the store, the Sith list. Yeah, I think that's why. That's yeah, probably. Well, I'm going
3: yeah. to say fuck you, Disney. That's going to be the name of the store.
4: Does the store. it? Yeah, I think the Sith was the trigger word because even in the description of the uh, uh, the Taylor Sith, I don't think that it said Star Wars. Cru- Cruiser's pretty keen on what to do with that, mm. and yeah, okay.
3: buddy, I what, think what, I know a, what to do that.
0: So that's what I'm
3: going to do. I'm going to title it something totally different and I'm going to put it back up. I know you're not making money right now, but way to go after the little people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, check us out for like two shirts that we have left on there. I'll put some more back up there and I'll try to sneak it and hide it. And maybe I'll call our page the dick list or something. Dick list. Dick list. There it is. The dick (laughs) list. Let's jump into uh, the box office real quick. Raya and the last dragon is again, number one at 5.1 million. The Disney Computer Animated Adventure held on to the top spot for the third consecutive weekend, taking 5.2 million as a reopening of Los Angeles Theaters. Goose ticket sales across the board. I don't know if that 5.1 million is a goose, but hey, meanwhile, a handful of prestige films got a boost at the box office from last week's Oscar nominations. So, Tom and Jerry, definitely not nominated, (laughs) 3.8 million. Chaos Walking, I don't know if that's nominated, 1.9. The Courier, 1.9. And Crudes, a new age, 626,000. The Crudes has steadily been in the top five for the last like two months. So well done to the Crudes. Anybody watch anything good at all? I know, Eric, you said you saw something, right? Well, yeah. And I
4: forgot to talk about this last week. Now, first of all, let me lead off with I saw Tom and Jerry. And I got to tell (laughs) you. It's not great. I right. I enjoyed it. it, like elements of it. I, I like Chloe Grace Moritz. I think she's really cool. I think she's awesome. Uh, the story around her would have been a neat movie by itself. I feel like Tom and Jerry were basically an afterthought to sell a thing. My kids liked it. And that's the it's part. That's what I cared about. And that's right. what mattered. But uh, the week before, man, we watched the movie Leap, which is... Um, I guess it's a Disney film film. That's where I saw it on Disney plus, but it is uh, about a little girl who wants to do ballet. Oh, She I lives in an orphanage. Right. Very good. Good. Okay. Really, really cool. You know, it's your typical Disney fair. It's very inspiring. Nobody has parents that live. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but well, I mean, seriously, good Lord. Cool Disney formula. But it's, it's funny. And there's a couple of really weird like loose end plot points. It's sort of like, oh crap, we forgot to do something with that, so I suspect there's like a longer cut in there somewhere, but it's cute, man, and it's really good. I, both my kids enjoyed it, and my wife enjoyed it, so I would definitely recommend seeing it. Great. Yeah,
3: check it out.
2: I watched last week when we were on vacation, the, the, the Force Awakens. I love that movie. It's such a good, fun movie. And Do you watch
3: the Lucas cut or this regular cut?
2: <laughs> yes, the Lucas cut. Okay, good. I oh, heard that one's cut. a lot better.
3: Well, I know for a fact that Les saw something, because Les and I, along with the boys from Kessel Run Transmissions, minus Corey, because he's ill, we watched together here at the house in our movie room, The Schneider Cut, all four hours of The Schneider Cut, and we're going to talk about that later. And also Randy, the juge, also was here. We had a great time. We have a lot to talk about, Les and I. Did you guys end up watching Schneider Cut at all? I have not no. no Tom. I know you is was was really on your top of your list. No, yeah. Okay,
2: I right. haven't signed so, up for the HBO thing. Right. So Les and I will talk quickly
3: about it later on in the show because we have some, some voicemails. That's for sure. I know the Wim is probably going to kill us.
0: <sighs>
3: it's his turn to go after us. I would imagine so. Wim, but, we're gonna le- we're gonna why? let. It, I don't know why because we've been ripping him in DC for so long. Oh, so let's wait. give him a chance. Just kidding. I'm going to edit all of it out. <sighs> um, but uh, I didn't watch it, but I do want to say, I know we always talk about things that we watch. I do want to throw out there music wise things that I've heard. If you're a fan of Kings of Leon, or even if you're not a fan of Kings of Leon, they have a new album ca- out called when you see yourself. It is fantastic. It's got a kind of like a Southern rock flavor, but not really Southern rock, but it wants to be alternative. You, you know, Kings of Leon, if you know Kings of Leon, you know that it's not just sex on fire, that those are huge song. That's not exactly how they sound. But this album is phenomenal. Give it a shot, even if you don't like them. And let me know what you think. Send us emails or DMs. But uh, I've been listening to that constantly. It's been great. And I've been listening to it so much. Malik knows a couple of verses of some songs. When he hears the intro, he starts singing some of the songs, which is super cool. I've been trying to teach him Pearl Jam songs, but that hasn't hit yet. He said once, one time. What? (laughs) Nice. Once. Uh,
4: What? is your like listening methodology of choice are you using spotify Spotify. what are you using i use spotify so i subscribe to spotify and i like it however and this is something that's probably pretty nitpicky but my ears can hear it instantly i have it turned to high quality do i the the, like maximum uh bitrate streaming and all that the compression the amount that the audio is compressed it is, is, it is pretty compressed. severe right. to me. You know, um, I'm sure to a lot of people it doesn't bother them, but uh, and I mean every music service is like that. Except, you know, there's others out there where you can pay high amounts of money and use up tons of
3: bandwidth. But yeah, yeah, you're Oof. right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, you're right. It it is. It, it's funny, interesting that you brought this up because I was on. I went to Palm Springs over the weekend with my in-laws. And on the way home, um, I played on Spotify, I played 70s rock because I know that my father-in-law is really into 70s rock and 60s rock. Um, And a bunch of stuff came on and we had a whole discussion about LPs and how he thinks that LPs are superior to anything else. Just because of the process of taking that sleeve, taking that record out of the sleeve, putting it on, listening to it, it just sounds different. What's what's your take, Eric and, and King Tom? Even less, I know less. You grew up listening to LPs because your dad had a really cool process that he made you do um, when you were y- younger. So, w- is the sound of an LP absolutely unique?
4: Well, it is, but in, in, it goes deeper than that because over time, in, because there's there's a several metrics to think about. We've gotten away from LPs as a delivery method just because of convenience. You know, first it was cassettes because they were small. Then it was CDs because, you know, the digital quality and they don't wear out. They either work or they don't work. That's, those are the two options. And then uh, MP3s because they're easy to move around. And we keep sacrificing certain types of sound quality in various forms to, for the convenience, right? But there's another thing. That has occurred over time, too, as we've left records, you know, vinyl records in the dust. And that is mastering process. So if you take a listen to uh, and if you really want to get serious and nerdy about this, like take a wave file of it. If you can get any wave transfers off a CD or something and look at the original, even like an old CD, like early catalog CD of a band right? And then listen to it and look at a remastered version. What they do is they add a ton of compression. And what led to this whole thing, honestly, is the radio. Radio stations started when, you know, because back when radio was like king, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money in radio, is they started adding compression to make their station feel louder when your dial hit it. Ah, You know what I mean? Okay, okay. And because, well, yeah, it just makes kind of, it seem, kind of like
3: Kind of like commercials are now. Some commercials yeah. are louder just to get your attention. Yeah.
4: yeah. Absolutely. And you have your peaks, okay, yeah. that hit... Usually they're, they're mastered to like right at 0 dB or like mm-hmm. minus, minus 0.1. 0.1. Yeah. I mean, it's very small gap. Well, you'll see those peaks. And if you normalize it, that means you take the, your highest peak, raise it to, to the maximum amount, and raise everything else by that same amount. So they take that peak, smoosh it down, just the peaks, and then raise everything up to the maximum volume. Okay. It sounds good. It's loud and everything. But that's what happens. And man, does it sound different. Classical music. is really different sounding because used to man when you would hear an orchestra you would have those moments where you'd have to turn it up because it was so quiet and then when they would all crash in it would be like oh "Oh, god that's what it's supposed to sound like that's what a symphony sounds like but now with more modern recording and
3: mastering that's not what it's like anymore you're so (laughs) right eric i mean thinking about when i was a kid putting the star wars record, the original star wars records when you used to put it on the end of A new hopes the main theme is very low like uh-huh. you know you know when it gets all crazy and it leads into the very soft part but now when you listen to the cd it it's not as low and it's not as like uh, Quiet. quite yeah it's not as impactful i
2: don't think yeah the if you look at the waveforms kind of like with what eric was saying it used to be songs would have ups and downs and and there would be space, but now you look at a waveform and it just, it's one big chunk throughout the whole song. That's pretty crazy.
3: Yeah. Well, so we did a music minute without even doing a music minute. So LPs, do you prefer LP over CD, Eric?
4: For me personally, I, for pure sound reasons, yes, because I like the warmth of it. But I also, as far as a medium to own and deal with on a daily basis, CDs. And quite frankly, as I tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't do this, MP3s.
0: MP3s, (laughs) I know.
4: Well, here's another thing, man, is as times have changed, what people listen to, like you've got people who are buying like little DACs, digital audio converters, that they'll hook to the headphone output of their laptop and imagine in their heads that that is raising the quality through the roof. Well, you're taking an audio, uh, analog output, but but you seriously you have people who will spend money on this to use like a digital uh connection to their phone, for example, with right. this so that they get better sound. But then you also have people who only listen to music coming out of the speakers or their cell phone with
3: it pointing at their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Convenience, man, that's a big thing. That is, it is a big thing. But it, it, it is very nostalgic to open up old record and look at the inside of the sleeve and the artwork and and just ah, oh, it's just really cool. The,
4: the really artwork, cool. man, is really, yeah. really something. Because you know, it, if anybody of any kind of age, you can think back to stuff you used to look at when you were young. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's like Playboys. magazines that had adver- <laughs> yes, magazines that had advertisements for the movies you couldn't wait to see. Like anything that you'd see, Star Wars in print on like the Scholastic book order books. Oh yeah, you think about those <laughs> things. Like you'd always hear Steele talk about that Return of the Jedi book, dude. I had that same book, and yeah, that's a, and, that book.
3: Steele brought that for yeah. Malik for his first birthday. I bet he knows where he got that. I <laughs> the, I brought
4: Steel one. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, man, I already have one. That's oh, awesome. Really?
3: And I someone. had one as a kid. So when I yeah. opened it, I freaked out because it brought me back. Oh, to yeah. Exactly
2: then. It fre- it, I was like stunned when I saw I, it. I have the one from when I was a kid and a few years ago, a coworker gave me one. So I had one for home and one for the office.
4: Anyway, what I was going to say is I can remember distinctly like looking at an album, especially one that would fold open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just it, Oh, the wonderment in that thing. And, you know, now the, the, the biggest image you see in an album is a 600 by 600 pixel little thing in the, yeah, it's pretty wild.
2: My ex stepfather had a whole wall of records and I Mm -hmm. would take them, I would take them off and look at the art. And the one that mesmerized me the most was earth, wind and fire all in all.
3: Oh yeah. It had
2: like this space Egyptian type of theme. And then you open it up and it there's like these depictions of, I don't remember if it was like the signs of the Zodiac or all these gods. And it was like, I would just like get mesmerized by it. Yeah.
3: I don't know. I remember my, my favorites were Iron Maiden because I, I think it was power slave. If I'm not mistaken, Eric, the power slave was the one with the Egyptian. Yeah. So if you look in the bottom right corner, in the bottom left corner, you'll see on the record, it's probably impossible to see anywhere else. It says Indiana Jones was here. And then it says, there's the Mickey Mouse, like um, the carving in the wall. It says Mickey was here. They have all these little intricate things. And obviously Eddie on there is so rad. And they're, oh, their album covers, uh, Numbers of the Beast. Yeah. Oh gosh. And their little, the, you know how they had the singles, like Ace is High, Trooper. They, they just, they were awesome. Gosh. And, so, and, and Les, I wanted to get to you real quick because I'm going to do exactly this with Malik. I remember you telling me that your dad used to make you sit in a room with a bunch of LPs, and then he'd have you either write a like a report on it, or or give an oral report
1: on what you listened to, right? I just had to learn the, the lyrics. The lyrics, okay. The lyrics to the songs and be able to sing the songs, like Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, uh, yeah, Rush, Jimi you know, Hendrix, Hendrix, yeah. Queen. So I'm gonna do the Flash, yeah. oh, Flash Gordon soundtrack. Ah, Flash <laughs> Gordon. Even queen the spoken soundtrack. word at the beginning. Uh, not that, but I just had to know my Queen. Like if my dad was like, he would right. throw a song out there, and I better know it. So their greatest hits album I yeah. had I think I looped it at least 10 times or more when I was younger and See, uh not is doing that for sure. Yeah. I got I got it like every other Saturday my dad would set up a chair and the uh Panasonic the big old uh yeah. sound stereophonic headphones. It's exactly Just what I'm plug doing. it in And you know the old school setup that I love so much is we have the the record player so you have the needle, then you have the receiver, then you have the uh, equalizer, and then the big speakers. Yep, yep. You plug in, you plug in the jack, and you get all that sound in the ears. Yeah, that's what I used to do. My dad would that's have me so do
3: that. Cool. Oh, I love it. Well, this has been awesome. We had like a music minute. It was like a music
1: ten minute. You just got to download lyrics and stuff and print them out from Alec. Oh, I will. Or make sure they're on the heads up display of his uh. Like Google yeah. glasses or something, to
3: Right, exactly. <laughs> By then, he'll have.
1: Uh, <laughs> By he'll be Tony Stark, yeah. and he'll be grabbing. That's right. He'll have Friday as too. his assistant. Right, exactly.
3: <laughs> okay, well, t- talked enough, I guess, about music. Time to talk about all that Star Wars content out there, guys. Kylo, oh man, give it to us, Kylo. It's time for Eric's
0: Star Wars report.
3: Uh, huh. By the way, Eric, before you start, thank you, Ben Hart, for DMing me and telling me that I forgot to put the Kylo <laughs> intro in. I apologize to Ben Hart, and I really appreciate you looking out. That's a, that's a that's a good looking out. That's a a podcaster looking out for another podcaster. So really appreciate that, Ben. Okay, sorry, Kylo.
4: So you know, remember we talked about one of the series that was announced with Star Wars Visions, where it's like uh like kind of an retellings or reimaginings of things for, from various uh, anime studios and there's a tie-in novel with it and I don't know like we have a book about a thing that we don't know anything about basically is it it's mm. King Tom you're the book guy is that is that a reasonable <laughs> a
2: summation of, of it. it we don't we don't know exactly what it's going to be interesting and I yeah. think this is what an original novel about that.
4: Yes. And yeah. so, th- and that's the thing too. Is like, okay, we've got this original novel that is a, from a thing that is re the retellings of already existing things.
3: Is the visions one, the anime one? Yes.
2: I, th- I think so. I'm pretty that, sure. that
3: looks really cool, man. I am yeah. really interested in that one. That looks super cool. But no, I think that's really cool.
4: And, you know, speaking of books, right, um, (laughs) Kevin Scott, you guys have probably we've mentioned his name several times between, you know, writing comics. And he's also got a High Republic novel that's um, coming out uh, this summer. Is that right, King Tom?
2: I think so. He also did the Dooku audio drama, which dropped the first hint of the High Republic that came out, I think, two years ago.
3: Yeah. Do. 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 Huh. Anyway. It, was it really bad?
4: It, you know what? Who, what King, King Tom, do you, do you listen to it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of
2: it? I thought it had an interesting story. I wasn't a fan of the format. It told the story of Count Dooku. But there were layers to it because for some reason, Asajj Ventress had to look into his past. So part of the time you had Dooku is the center of the story. The rest of the time you had Asaj as the center of the story talking about Count Dooku. And then there, and it was, it had a lot of promise because one thing they've done under the new canon is in the old canon, it was like Qui-Gon died. Dooku turned to the dark side. Now they've been hinting that Dooku started turning a lot earlier than that. So I think people were thinking it was going to be about that, but there was a lot of, Dooku, as a kid, and as a kid, he was known as Do. So other kids would call him Do. Thumbs down. The way the voice
4: actor would say it as the kid, Do. Yeah. Do
3: is very annoying. I started the Afra radio drama, and I love radio dramas, man. That's like my thing. It's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm digging it. It's really cool. I thought it was great, but then Vader shows up, and it's hard for me to hear vader when it's not james Earl jones yeah. it's just really difficult yeah. for
2: me. she yeah. was introduced in his comic book in the first yeah, yeah so yeah. it would be tough to tell because th- this is trying to introduce her in a new format and it's kind of retelling that it would be tough to do without vader but yeah the vader is like yeah no i appreciate the Vader toy with a I, bucket on his
0: head
3: yeah and she's very smart assy to him and which is cool but it's just hard to hear vader's voice and it was hard for me to hear vader in the radio dramas back when they did him for the original star wars Empire Strikes Back, that was tough too, but I'm enjoying it. It's cool, man. I'm enjoying some Star Wars audio stuff.
4: Did you ever listen to the original radio drama and then the follow-up? like the? Oh, I,
3: I owned all of them, Eric. I owned all Did of you? them on cassette. Yeah. I loved them. Nice. Except for John Lithgow's Yoda was horrendous. Like, really bad. Star Wars, Yoda. Yeah. Uh, you played Yoda, but on the
2: radio. It's a little piece of Lithgow oh, trivia. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, about a year after Empire Strikes Back came out as a movie, George Lucas produced it as a
3: radio series, and he got Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams, but Frank Oz didn't want to play Yoda merely on the radio. Okay. I was rehearsing a play with John Madden at the time, John Madden, the film director, and he shared the fact that he just couldn't find anyone. Who, and, and I said,
0: oh, impatient is he?
3: If you care to find it, by God, that's me as Yoda. It makes me cry every time I hear it. <laughs> I've never,
4: never listened to that one.
3: That's the Empire that one. It's, it's just
4: bad. I have it, but uh, I never listened to it. I
3: loved it. When I was a kid, I loved it because it expanded on the storyline. We got the whole interrogation of Princess Leia with Darth Vader inside that room that we never saw. We got scenes with bigs and scenes
2: um, that you never, ever even heard about in Star Wars. There was a whole subplot about Operation Skyhook, which was how they got the plans for the Death Star. And it was like, there was like a dinner party with this Imperial official and they sent R2-D2 out on the hall in the space of Princess Leia's blockade runner. And he like spied and tuned in on the frequency and that's how they got it. That was like the original. That's the original
3: storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for a kid to listen to more Star Wars, it's just like reading *Heir to the Empire*. Oh my God, there's more stuff! Holy shit, this is amazing. So that's how I saw the radio dramas. I love them. I absolutely love them. Uh,
4: So anyway, the whole reason I bring up Kevin Scott is he was on uh, the Comic Book Nation podcast, which I have never listened to. So don't you know? Don't let that be a non-selling point for it. It's probably fantastic, but regardless, they were talking about. The High Republic and whether or not the Acolyte announcement well, changed what they did. And I'm uh, uh, this is a quote, quote, no, because I think we uh, predated that because we've been working on this for a good number of years now. Mm-hmm. So what happened was people were getting excited about the High Republic as we were creating it, which was great to see. And there have been all these other plans as well. But the great thing. That Star Wars is so good at. Is taking the things. been What? (laughs) The things been worked on over here. Um, I really don't know. What just happened here. Because it's like the capitalization went all crazy. And this is from comicbook.com. So maybe that's exactly how he said it. But anyway. But what he's talking about is that. The High Republic is long. The era is long. And it's supposed to lead up right up to like knocking on the door of the prequels. And so they've got a lot of room to it. And it's just cool that it's all going to come down into the acolyte, which will be like the the cap to that. But yeah, as far as them being connected and how they're connected, it's because they both have high Republic somewhere in the,
0: in the so, treatment. Somewhere in
4: there. Yeah. Those words. But And that was it. But, you know, it's still cool to hear about. And it's exciting because like you said, you're still working on into the dark. Yeah. I'm done. You're finished it. I haven't finished it. I did dig back into it after we were talking about it last week. I'm like, I better, I better get busy. Jump mm-hmm. back in, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It I is really pretty good.
3: Yeah, Claudia Gray. I mean, you can make a rock interesting. Uh, well done, Claudia Gray.
4: <laughs> yeah, I just love the fact that like the uh, Matthew McConaughey character has like a stoner for a best friend. It just yep. is very <laughs> fitting.
3: <laughs> Literally a stoner. <laughs> But, but
4: uh, anyhow, no, that's cool, and I'm you know, the acolyte's one of the things that I'm pretty keen on, because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the parts of Star Wars those are the parts of Star Wars that are intriguing, and not necessarily the, necessarily the feel-good. good guys always win in the end sort of thing. One of the cool things about like this last run of Darth Vader comics that were so highly regarded is like the weirdness. And Mm -hmm. there's just something really cool about that. I mean, we're drawn to evil characters because it's interesting, and so I think this has a lot of traction.
3: And and into Into the Dark has some really weird stuff going on, especially Mm -hmm. yeah, middle middle to the end. That's for sure.
4: Well, don't tell me because I'm not there yet. I'm
3: right about the middle right now. Okay, cool. So yeah, yeah. do you see that stuff? The Kevin Feige. Fit. Kevin, No, no, I have not seen it. He was speaking to EW and he had a quote that was pretty interesting. Some the thing they asked him, are you going to be involved in the TV stuff after mm-hmm. you're done with your movie? Yeah. And he said, no, that's all Kathleen Kennedy. I've been involved in as much as I stay up until midnight, Los Angeles time to watch the new episode of the Mandalorian when they drop, but that's it. It was just like us. Yeah. They should do, he should do a reaction video last Kevin yeah. Fuget's reaction video to the Mandalorian. That's um, awesome. So that's interesting. I know a lot of people want him to be involved, but TV stuff has been pretty good so far guys. So just let it roll.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's cool. And you know, cause I think people were under the expectation that he was going to like, just take over,
3: take over Lucasfilm.
4: And, right. and you know, that doesn't appear to be the case whatsoever.
3: Maybe it's his fault. Our shirts got taken out. <laughs>
4: It could be. You never know. You never know. He was shopping around looking for a cool shirt to wear at midnight when a new (laughs) episode of The Mandalorian came out. And then he's like, well, this
2: isn't going to do. Ace job my ass. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Get
2: out of here. Speaking of the people who seem to think Kevin Fijay is going to be taking over Star Wars, there's been some garbage going on in the Star Wars fandom lately. What? Garbage in Star Wars fandom? Garbage, yeah. Um, These are the types of people who, you know, call up on Disney conference calls and ask when Kathleen Kennedy is going to be fired or that sector of the fandom um, has been doxing and harassing people in the Star Wars fandom, especially. And, you know, they, they have gone against creative types they don't like, people who work at Loose Film. They've also gone after a number of women minorities in the fandom. And I just, I just want to say that that's not right. Um, and we've, you know, the past few years, Star Wars has, has exploded in a good way, and it's brought so many of us together in a good way. But there's always been the people over there for various reasons, whether it's because politically Star Wars isn't something they like, or they wanted Luke Skywalker to do this, or and they want to see Anakin chopping down baby Jedi Padawans, um, you know they've been trying to mess it up for everyone else. And in the past, some of us have ignored them, some of us have called them out, and I really don't know the best thing to do other than whether to engage directly or to ignore but i think the best thing to do is probably to support and elevate those people if you can who are being harassed who are, you know cuz we're all dudes and we're not getting it like some of these other people are mm-hmm. so just if if you see an asshole on twitter or on social media just report it and try and support the people they're attacking
3: well said. Yeah, I mean, this has been going on since we got into the podcasting game, quote unquote, of these, uh, I say, jabronis who, who try to start things and try to gaslight things and just report them. If you see somebody being a total asshole, which there's so many out there, I think that's a great idea, King Tom. I know a lot of people just say ignore them, don't say anything. I wouldn't engage with them because that's, that's what they want you to do. Right. They want you to start going back and forth. And makes me feel like the Star Wars community is a blueprint of what we're going through in this country. Um, You have your your extreme lefts, you have your extreme rights, do you have your middle? Um, well, it's it's
4: it's kind of it's totally random that like just because of like just my time goes, I've spent so much less time on social media just in overall, and it's actually really worked out for me it's not necessarily an avoidance thing i just it's the good and the bad i just i'm not there for it because i i've had to like change a lot of my habits you know but man it's so disappointing that that it is such a thing and it's such a big deal where you know there for a while it felt like we had to address some issue every week and and it's it is it's because People are people wherever you go. Doesn't matter where. And uh, you're just, you're going to keep getting this. And for people who do get slammed hard, man, I mean, I can't imagine what you do with that. And um, I think the trick with like, you know, definitely don't tolerate crappy behavior. But like when you're deciding whether or not to engage somebody, a lot of times like you hit it on the head. That that's what they want that's what they mm-hmm. want to have happen and like just just i know this is a dumb example but like playing I, I play a lot of red dead online and dude there are some like total douches that are there to make sure they ruin any good time you could possibly have and uh what i always do is Pretend like I'm not mad, even though like I might be furious, (laughs) but I'll message them and say, oh, man, that was really good. You really got me on that. And because what they want is for you to get mad and start messaging Mm -hmm. them and telling them you hope they die and all that stuff. And that's right. That's what fuels them. And which that in in, and of itself is pretty. Pathetic, too, but yeah. um, Yeah, it's it, it is a weird microcosm and a, a very interesting slice of kind of how things roll in general.
1: Yeah, It really is. I'll be honest, it takes a lot for me not to engage. I've worked on my anger issues and temper a lot, but I really don't, I can't stand for, for thumb warriors. Like, I really, it, it pisses me off. I'd rather them just be able to have the balls to say it to people's faces. especially in the and- Star Wars community. Because in all honesty, we're going to be in the same place at the same time. Ultimately, you're going to cross paths with some of these people. You just can't stay on one corner of the convention center. I hate to say it I, I would rather have to be able to engage and say something or at least do something, but I know it's just pointless. That's the worst part is that it's pointless. It. it is exactly what they want the moment you even once you get into that, you're entering into a different game in general. really wish it wasn't like this. It's just funny to see the amount of I guess just the guts that people have to say stuff that they, the things they say on Twitter, you know, and and just be like, yeah, I said it. Now what? And think that they're just, you know, untouchable. And that's the worst part is that you're never going to get rid of these people because there's no consequence. Yeah. And and there really isn't. And then, like I said, I'd rather. I'm that dude. I'd rather have somebody say it to my face and, yeah, you know, never go from there.
0: But, <laughs> no, but I, I can happen. guarantee you Guess this, Les, Nobody's
3: going to come up to you at celebration to I say know. anything to I, you. <laughs> I
1: know. You can report. You can do all those things. And a lot of times they'll just find another way to wiggle back in. And yeah, it's absolutely, just... absolutely. So, I mean, if everybody stays on it, but then that's a waste of other people's time, too. It's just
3: it's a tough one.
1: It's a tough bitch. It's a
3: tough one. Again, though, don't engage with them because that's what they want. Yeah, That's 100% what they
4: want. Well, Uh. one of the best things you can do, man, is here's the deal. Nothing adds validity to a cause like opposition. That's an Eric Strouder's original. And when I think about areas that that fits in all the time, people will generate false drama around their cause to show that, see, see, I mean, dude, I'm a Christian. Churches do it. The church does it and it, it, it's like you're stop it you don't need that you don't need that to legitimize what we're about but one of the things you can do one of the best things you can do is demonstrate how insignificant somebody's actions are to you personally by laughing it off you know what i mean it, it, taking away their power to have uh taking away their power of significance
2: is a lot of times about the only thing you can oh, do the best
1: thing yeah
2: The creators and production companies, it's not their job to police the fandom, Mm
3: -hmm. but
2: at the same time, they should take a more aggressive anti-harassment stance. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Zack Snyder, I I wasn't a big fan of the guy just because I I, I never really got into any of his stuff. But last week, he called out- um, G&G. Yeah. He called called out a a very divisive- a, a group that's caused a lot of trouble and good for him and more people- not everyone should do that because n- not everyone can handle the fallout of it, but more higher ups and creative types should do that. And yeah. I think, you know, the, I'm sure the company is looking at their bottom line and yeah, these people, they, they know how to make YouTube videos that trick the algorithm. They know how to monetize their content, but they and their followers are not, not big they, like from Rise of Skywalker. They're more of us.
3: Oh Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that up, King Tom. That was uh, really important. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was on the fence, man. I uh, Yeah. But good on you, no. dude. Yeah, good on you. And um, this is a perfect segue to lighten things up because our man Boo isn't here to give us a Boo, But don't fret, people, because we are going to bring the pain, as he says. I bring
0: the pain.
3: I'm going to bring the pain. Because King Tom's got something for you. Go ahead, King Tom.
2: Um. Hold. I gotta get ready. Hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: you don't want <laughs> to
2: know
0: did what my hands are doing right now. Did he did yeah, his, yeah. yeah. his hands? Wave his hands. First, Wait, you, need I s- you need a burp. You
3: need a burp.
4: No, hang on. Here's hang the, the other thing you have to do. You got to get too far away from the mic and go. How does this sound? Does that sound good? Can you <laughs> can, hear me? Can, can, does that, you sound hear good? Does that sound And good? then say, Can you turn me down in my headphones?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all getting the behind the music of the Sithless right now.
2: Yeah. Uh, this no, lying. this this one is for you, Boo, and I came up with this this afternoon. this This is not influenced by my uh, current loopiness, post vaccine loopiness. Uh, okay. But this is a little bit of a game I like to call Yabu. I've got three items for you. You guys ready? Okay. 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 Is everyone ready? Paying attention. Yeah. We all know the backstory of the production of the original Star Wars. That you know, George Lucas filmed a scene with Han Solo and Jabba the Hutt and Jabba the Hutt was just some, you know, big big Irish guy in in rags and they they were going to put something in in post production. We all know that. We've we've seen it on the behind the scenes thing from Star Wars to Jedi and everything. They cut that part out of the movie. But in the 1970s when Dark Horse Comics was making their original adaptation of the Star Wars movies, they put Jabba the Hutt in a few panels. But he didn't look like the big slug instead he was a giant otter and this was a design that lucasfilm would later use for the transdosians in empire strikes back that's item one now i'm gonna be jumping around the trilogies here because i i can bring the pain on several levels okay Uh, okay, star wars prequel trilogy (laughs) the biggest thing going in the late 90s the production and we all know you know we've all seen documentaries we've We've read the books about the production and how, with special effects, they wanted to usher in a new era of computer graphics, right? But the thing is, they also used a lot of old-school camera tricks. And we've seen the documentary where they had the stadium filled with little Q-tips to represent the audience at the Podrace Arena, right? Right.
1: You, you right, guys right, know, what: right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we know so, what you're talking cool. about, King Kong. We all know.
2: We all – everyone knows. Everyone knows. Well, here's the deal. Rick McCallum, to keep costs even lower, for a few years before they started production, he told Lucasfilm employees to clip their coupons and go to their drugstores, go to their supermarkets, go to their penny savers, and buy the Q-tips themselves, and they'd later be reimbursed by Lucasfilm. This move alone saved them hundreds of dollars. That was item okay. number two. Okay. Item number two. I think that's where he's going to get us. This is Yabu, because typically- hey hey, 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 this is my yabu- game. Hey, it's Michael. No, no, no. Yeah, you political. save your commentary till the end. He's gonna save say your commentary <laughs> till the Q-tips. end tips.
3: There were like Costco's or Walmart. You save, brand.
2: you save your commentary till the end there. I will, they man, were cotton swabs on a stick. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Here we go. okay. Anyway, so think yeah. back, final item, think back seven years ago. The big news of 2014. Every magazine, every periodical, every tabloid show was talking about the production of Star Wars episode seven, The Force Awakens. And I, I, I was talking about it all the time. I, don't, I didn't know you guys back then, but it's all I was talking about, all I was thinking about. And, and it was revealed <laughs> that at some point, J.J. Abrams showed a secret cut of the movie to his friend Ava DuVernay. Ooh. And she made several groundbreaking changes or suggestions that J.J. That took. One of them was to the very end of The Force Awakens, mm. when Ray walks up to Luke Skywalker. He takes out the lightsaber. He turns around and she hands him the lightsaber. Originally, Luke looked at Ray and said, my baby girl. And Ava DuVernay turned to J.J. Abrams and said, you cut that shit out of there. That's the third item.
3: <laughs> okay, I have a, I have a question.
1: Uh, let me check my notes. I gotta go and check my notes. I have notes. This is this is oh. about time where Les
4: says he's out. Is the game What's the game here? This is my game. Are we <laughs> to assume that any of those are correct? That's up to you. There's it,
2: Yabu. My, I make the rules, but it's are up to correct. you to figure the
1: rules out. So okay. if we go by the Nabu principle, this is it paradoxic by putting in this bizarro game of Yabu. I like the way you're thinking. I would say that JJ Abrams did show a special cut, but it was to Kevin Smith. Ooh. Ooh, that, that would be Kevin, interesting. That and would then be Kevin Smith was like, yeah. JJ fucking did it. And that's that it happened. right there. That ha- but that's not Yabu. That's not Yabu. In an ipso facto crisscross, wiggly waggly, timey wimey way, it is an Abu. That becomes a Yabu. Hey, let me just because tell it's you. your I'm- game, and this is my answer.
3: Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the less thing, and I'm gonna say, hey guys, I'm, I don't know too much about Star Wars. I don't know Star Wars. Uh, I'm gonna let you two, Les and Eric, you what? guys. This. I'm, I'm out of this. I, I'm just gonna I sit back get- and watch the damage. Uh,
4: well, okay. So um, on the Q-tip one, I know for a fact that they never reimburse the employees. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but I can't remember if you specifically addressed that, or if that was the methodology in which they saved hundreds of dollars was not ever actually paying for the Q-tips. So, ooh, that's that's tough. Um, I also happen to know that JJ had um, shown a cut of the movie to Ava Braun. Um, there's like some time travel involved. <laughs> this, uh, man, I, I don't know. I think that's where he's going to
1: I thought it was David Gardner.
4: Yeah, I think it they was the- through
1: the Dharma Initiative.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, JJ turned the wheel. But then I guess.
0: uh
2: oh, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Well, here's a, You know, if if one of them was wrong, and I'm not saying I'm ever wrong, but they they you guys said it earlier, they weren't Q-tips, they were Rite Aid brand cotton swabs, the official cotton swab of the sit cr- list. Don't push them in too deep because we don't want to li- be liable for you puncturing your eardrum. But the real answer is they're all true. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Star Wars, <laughs> but it opens up. It says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That means. It really happened. And, and here's here's what they won't tell you. But I know this and you guys should know it. You know, this stuff was actually being from a galaxy far, far away, right into George Lucas's brain and later Kathleen Kennedy's brain. So it really happened, unless was on the right track. Because if you go back to the ideal observer theory as espoused by Adam Smith and David Hume, and then as extrapolated by Roderick Firth, we as observers have omniscience with respect to norm- non-moral facts therefore it is our destiny no matter where we are in our life to have it happen again so in a few years the phantom menace is going to happen you've just been yabooed
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey tom
3: that was pretty
0: epic what my a mind. ride that uh, was right.
1: i gotta collect my brain hold on
4: <laughs> we all know we've all seen it everyone knows Man, oh, you damn. really did your homework on that. That ride. was fantastic. Man. I, I, I feel like came like up with that in 15 minutes. I feel like my <laughs> brain exploded.
2: That was awesome. Um, Blue, I hope you appreciated how we usually feel uh, when we have so to go through that. I just want to say a shout out to Dallas Wood for Transdosians.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in rare form this past week on The Motivators, man. He like literally said, what are those called? Transdosians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> transdonians. Um. <laughs> So I actually went as far as to apologize for Nabu on the Motivators this past week. Uh, <laughs> I just I felt like I really needed to. Uh, th- this is this is goes deep, man. And I want to share something here. This is from a group chat I'm part of. Yeah, <laughs> and I sent this to King Tom on Monday. That and this was here. It is just out of nowhere. I get a text from Tracy moon that says, and I have no idea what he's talking about at first. I knew the motorcycle. I, I knew that the motorcycle part was a fuck up and not the real thing. Huh? Nabu, He says, I reply. Oh, fuck that segment. And he says, I'm hiring a hit team to take him out <laughs> later this week. <laughs> uh, oh, later, uh, take him out after this week's Naboo. So that's <laughs> how deeply this has wounded people. Oh Yeah. Which it's, leads uh, me back to nothing adds validity to a cause like opposition. <laughs> Turns out Naboo is the thing and we got to keep it rolling because exactly. they, people wouldn't be we trying to, to shut it down if it wasn't pushing the buttons and speaking the truth that everybody else is afraid to speak. Hissing me off.
0: <laughs> you know what really grinds oh my Lord. gears? Oh man. Oh man. That was
4: fun. That was
3: fun. Boo, <laughs> I love you man. You yeah. rule. Yep. You're one of my I, favorite people in the world. I, I yeah, me too, way. Boo, but it's only because you're my brother-in-law I have no choice. <laughs> just, just kidding, Boo. I love you. Oh gosh, we miss you, buddy. We miss you. Let's jump into some pop culture reboots and remakes. Duffer Brothers and Spielberg are joining forces. I was pretty excited to see this, and I thought Les would be excited too because Stephen King's The talesman is in the works for this. Talisman. The sm-
1: talisman. What is it? Oh, it's <laughs> Talisman. Yeah, Talisman. Yeah. God, damn that's it. a different story.
0: <laughs>
3: talisman. <laughs> oh, yeah, him and the ta-
1: Kingsman hang up. They they <laughs> hook up and then he go. It is the talisman. Around. Stephen it's, King's a big the kangaroo. T-
3: <laughs> the talisman and the Kingsman go. <laughs> Stephen King's the talisman is in the works for the small screen. Stranger Things creators, the Duffer Brothers, uh, Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television and Paramount Television Studios are adapting the book as a series for Netflix. Sources say, are you uh, interested in this, uh, Les? Do you know anything about the talisman or the talisman? Either one. Actually, it was a prequel okay. to the talisman. I don't know. So the, the
1: right. talisman didn't him. He writes it with the co-writer, right? Yeah. With Peter, Peter Straub. Straub yeah. Uh, Straub. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be. I'm excited to see this. Come. The talisman co-written by King and Straub
3: tells the story of Jack Sawyer. Big fans of lost. Evidently Jack and Sawyer, <laughs> a 12 year old boy who sets off an epic road trip quest to save the life of his dying mother. He is in search of the talisman, a powerful relic that can not only heal his mother, but as he learns, save the world. Sawyer's journey crisscrosses two realities. It's a multiverse: The America we know and its dangerous fantasy world twin. The territories. Michael Keaton's going to reprise his role as Batman in this. Huh. Just kidding. But I'm very interested. It's going to be really good. Next one. Berserker. Or Berserker. B-R-Z-R-K-R. I would imagine yeah. it's Berserker. Less than a month after Keanu Reeves told Entertainment Weekly that he wants to play the role of his new comic on screen someday. It has become official. On Monday, Netflix announced that it has acquired the rights to Berserker and will adapt the story into a feature film followed by an anime off series. So, Keanu Reeves fans are going to see his little uh, comic book come to life, which is pretty damn cool. And that leads us to another trailer trash. We got a voicemail from our friend, Lumberjack Nick, and he had a trailer trash that he wanted us to watch.
5: Hey, y'all. Got another trailer trash for your consideration. This time, it's a little cult classic called Tammy and the T-Rex. Believe it or not, this low-budget 90s flick stars both Denise Richards and the late and great Paul Walker. The story behind the movie is that this guy who had a matronic T-Rex came to Stuart Rathville, who is best known for the movie Mac and Me, and said, I'm shipping this sucker off to South America in a few weeks. Let's l- make a movie! So Stuart wrote and filmed the movie in three weeks, creating this zany B movie classic.
3: Wow. Okay. Okay. Lumberjack Nick. First of all, thank you for the suggestion. Second of all, um, thank you for the suggestion. Here we go. Let's watch Tammy and the T-Rex. Everything in Tammy's life is just great. But when you're young and in love, Life can be oh, very, very complicated, especially when it involves an insanely jealous creep. <laughs>
0: that's my lady, all right? Um, <laughs> oh, man. Late night phone calls. I want you to come over. Yes! Sneaking around in your own house. Did you lock the door?
5: Don't worry.
0: Your boyfriend getting dumped in a wild animal park.
3: Ah, oh, oh, there's a lion. That's and a crazy doctor. <laughs> we can have birdies. Please. <laughs> who turns out to be a mad scientist. And if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs, right? <laughs> <laughs> With an insane invention Ernie. that only needs a brain. Yes!
0: But this Tyrannosaurus Rex just wants to be a party animal. <laughs> well <laughs> even when it's the so truth, nobody believes it anymore. It was a dinosaur. <laughs> what?
3: It's more than a machine with a brain. I mean, it's a machine with a phoenix. Okay, so Paul Walker dies drink. and turns into a dinosaur. You ah! Yeah.
0: We are going to be immortalized. Is that really you in there? Oh, Michael, what have they done to you? Oh,
3: you. Denise Richards falls back in
1: love. I am not going crazy. This is just a little hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a truck uh, being driven by your fat guy by your son.
0: Baron? Oh, yes, sir. See
3: a couple of folks
0: back in the hospital. T-Rex, stomping. Yeah, it's it's
3: right. Right. very Yeah. very fast. fast. Oh, very fast. That
0: is my dinosaur That's that you prequel. are threatening. I made him and he is mine. Uh, what are we gonna do? I will give you immortality.
2: Ill- <laughs> Not if Tammy is anything. To say. Oh my goodness! Not writing
3: like and that, a writing a T-Rex. Wow. Wow, Lumberjack Nick, uh, we appreciate that. It was so bad, Eric. You want to explain to people what they just heard? <laughs> well, so
4: <laughs> there was a lot of people and cameras pointing at them, and wackiness going on, and then somehow they worked this T Rex put together by this mad scientist, this animatronic T Rex that they they put. Um, I don't remember what his what was Michael was that his name, the character. Yes. Somehow he I'll walk. has uh, he lives inside this thing now and it's him and what Denise Richards looking spicy hot mm-hmm. is um, in love with him still. And she rides around on his back and people scream a lot and, mm-hmm. p- p- and then the police have the most appropriate reaction to what people are trying to tell them is going on. And um, I really feel like we need to watch this.
2: Was okay, it supposed to be a real T-Rex or a, like a robot, like in the I, world of the movie? I think like a Frankenstein version. I
3: thought like it, was it was supposed like, to w- be
4: a robot.
3: Oh, okay. That
4: he um, was all he, all he needed to do was put like actual brain into it. And that's why it would be able to be immortals, because it was well, machine.
3: Oh, you got a lot out of that trailer.
4: <laughs> well, I was on the edge of my seat. That's the only part of it I needed. <laughs> Ooh, all I know is dynamite it was really
1: good guys <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't that does not work I'm i thought sorry. that was great Haraj. Uh, yeah thank you
4: i appreciate that lumberjack uh, nick first of all th- it is a great great dude man lumberjack nick is a I christian guy. much like myself and uh we were messaging back and forth and he said you know i'm worried that one of these days we'll meet in real life and you'll realize i'm the the biggest d-bag on the planet. Oh. And I'm like, as long as I keep podcasting with the dudes I podcast with every week, <laughs> you have no concerns about being the biggest D-bag in the world.
3: So, mm-hmm. Les and I have met him and he's definitely not the biggest
0: D-bag. Yeah. He's a
3: very, very nice no. guy. Great guy. Yeah. Love that guy. Thank you, Lumberjack Nick. Appreciate it, buddy. That mm-hmm. was really bad. Really bad. I'm glad that trailer trash is back, by the way, guys. Email from OG Rob. Hey, Sithless. Okay, it was definitely a little long and sure, it was maddening at some parts, just didn't make sense due to the twist of the facts and editing mistakes, which I get leads to angst in general. Uh, he must be talking about uh, <sighs> Snyder Cut. I myself have come, come to accept that there are things in life, like the space-time continuum, that are so complex they can never be truly understood by someone of my intellect. So rather than be frustrated, I just try to find my enjoyment in what I can relate to. All of that being said, I don't know how he did it, but last week's Naboo was the best ever. <laughs> uh, it was so cunning, cunningly wrapped. I felt I was listening to Mr. Spock playing three-dimensional chess. I feel like Les is the only one who appreciates what is happening whenever the game is played. <laughs> you just keep on doing your thing. As the cases of Ga- Galileo, Bach, and Van Gogh reveal, genius is often not recognized in its time. Stay safe. Uh, well, there you go, Boo. OG Rob is a big fan. I thought he was talking about uh, the Snyder Cut, and then evidently he's talking about your cut, the Boo Cut, which is uh, just not good. Rob, I hope you're doing well, buddy. Okay, guys, I think it's time to get into some comic book TV movie news to wrap this thing up. We got a couple of things. Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode one. We watched it together at midnight. We did a breakdown in the morning and my take is that I am very excited on where this show is going to be going. I'm excited about the, the uh, subject matter and what they are, are putting out there with the PTSD and the, um, having um, the therapist involved with Bucky and wait, hold on for a second, by the way, we're going to spoil this episode one. So if you haven't seen episode one, there was not a lot to uh, spoil in this thing. Um, You know Bucky has gone through some shit for 100 years, um, and he needs a therapist, which is fucking amazing, which is great, trying to make himself better. One thing I realized that, and I want to talk to you guys about this, superheroes don't make a lot of cash, evidently, because poor Sam needs some funds, and he doesn't have funds. Kick some Avengers down a few bucks, and how dare you, Tony Stark, how dare you for not leaving some funds for the rest of the Avengers, these guys saved the world. And you couldn't leave each of them a million dollars? How dare you not hook these guys up? Let's go back real quick to uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I digress. Thought it was great. I <clears throat> th- think the season's going to be fantastic. It was a slow burn, I thought. The, the intro was just action-packed and beautiful and amazing and straight Marvel. But then it was a slow burn. And I think it's going to pay off once they reunite and it becomes this buddy cop kind of marvel thing so i'm all about this i'm really cool i love the easter eggs king tom pointed a couple of them out king tom what'd you think about this
2: i really enjoyed it like you said it was a slow burn it wasn't stylistic like wandavision um it's it's telling a a long story and then we got a a hell of a drop at the end and like you said i loved the like the real world elements of it i'm interested in seeing where it goes and I, I have to say, there were a few things I listened to the Bad Motivators this morning. There were a few things that Eric mentioned that I didn't pick up on.
5: Oh, so right, right on
2: the the arm with the cat, and yeah. I didn't His realize arm. that the old guy's son was the guy from the flashback.
0: Yeah. Oh, right, right, right,
3: right. No, they showed. Oh, it. yeah, they actually yeah, showed yeah. a picture. Yeah, they showed a picture yeah. of him. I, didn't re- I him. I didn't
2: realize yeah. it. it was the same. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. oh, Okay. I, th- yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. it was
3: another. You know thing that happened yeah yeah that's absolutely and it, i called it right when bucky looked sad about it while they were at the, the first bar, time the sushi bar. It, yeah yeah i said oh he did it he killed his son that sucks yeah that's awful really awful okay cool so you're into this i yeah. i saw that it got um right, it was the biggest opening for any show on disney plus which mm-hmm. is very interesting Including wow yeah. yeah just yeah. barely beat out just barely beat out WandaVision. um or did it beat out Mandalorian? I don't know. Maybe one of them. Eric, what'd you think about this? I haven't watched it. I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah. Um, oh. No, I really dug it, man. I like
4: when the the heroes are real people. That's one of the things that is, I've always loved about Spider-Man as a comic book hero is the relatable problems that even though he's got this these superpowers, that it doesn't change the fact that he is in love with a girl that's inaccessible to him and all these other things. And so to see what Sam's going through, and it's also like one of the things I talked about on the motivators is it goes along with like, this guy, um, a drummer that uh, I've met a couple times. He wrote a book called "The Myth of the High-Paid Musician," and he has this upper echelon gig and all this stuff. And it sure it pays well, but ultimately, you know, people just assume that you're you got more money than you know what to do with. Because what they see you do is valued so much yet valued so little all at the same time because it becomes this thing where they just expect it. Well, you're capable of doing these things for us. Therefore, you must do them. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so to see that he is struggling like this, I like that. I think it's really cool. Uh, it was awesome seeing Aaron Kellyman for a split second in there. Just it's a shame she second. had a mask on, but I recognized her hair yeah, instantly. Yeah. I mm-hmm. told the man, I'm like, there she is. Um, you know, she told me she loved my hair, by the way. So I'm just going to yes. r- remind everybody that yeah. the whole thing with Bucky and that golden cat at the Chinese place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't gone back to look at it, but I'm pretty sure it was the cat's left arm. That was I, I, I
3: think it was. Yes.
4: And I've never seen one of those that it wasn't the right arm.
3: Ever. Oh, okay.
4: I've okay. seen a ton of them too, man. Cause boy, oh, I didn't okay. get to looking like I do by not eating at Chinese buffets. But, um, when he reaches <laughs> out to stop it and right. then it slowly starts moving again, I'm like elbowing Amanda going, did you get it? Did you get it? Not She's true. like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, that's, his, that's a, the parallel to his own arm. He wants yeah. it to stop and he, it won't Good call that one that was a beaut man that is excellent directorial work in that one but yeah i loved it i wish that for the pace of it that there were going to be more episodes than there are but hopefully like this was just like it'll be logarithmic in its uh, increase in speed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it'll be like
3: breakneck pace by the third episode but yeah right i mean it started off like crazy and and don't get me wrong i love the the fact that sam is the storyline of sam is struggling and and how they're putting that out there, I I just thought it was funny that these poor guys don't have any any funds. For God's you,
4: sakes! One other thing I really like though too, man, is that his sister, even though that he is this this hero, she's like, screw you, man! You don't know what I've been dealing right. with in That's your right. absence. That's great that you did You're all wrong. this, but it doesn't change the reality of my immediate situation. Right. And, and just how this is gone. And uh, that's heavy stuff, man. That's pretty powerful stuff that for everybody who's out doing something to change the world, they've left somebody behind to hold things up for them while they're gone. And those people are just as much a part of the solution as the other person is. And they just may not realize it. And that's, that's a parallel like I've talked about with my job that you know i work a ton and with my job at the church and i take what i do very seriously and stuff there is no way that i could give the level of commitment i give to that if my wife wasn't at home kicking ass and taking names right you know what i mean i would not be able to so without her she is just as responsible for my wins and my job as i am otherwise i wouldn't be able to do them
3: yeah good point
1: good point less sorry about the pause uh
4: Hey, no, I, loved, I loved
1: it. it. Um, first of all, I think the re- there's, there's just a lot of anticipation for, you know, Marvel content and any other com- uh, comic book movie content right now. So, yeah, people have been waiting for this one for a while. So the hype is real. Um, but uh, the thing about a lot of times, especially if you do read comics or everybody that's dabbled, you do understand that most superheroes do not have a day job. They just don't. And they're either. And like I was trying to tell you, like, I'm like, look, they're either funded by someone who provides like everything because that becomes your full time job. So Avengers Mansion. So like technically Stark, if you go by comics, Stark is based in California Mm -hmm. and he's uh, the Avengers West Coast and he has an Avengers Mansion out here and everybody that's an Avenger, you live there, you get everything taken care of if you give up being an Avenger, you have to leave the house. So you have to just go back to your normal life. So that, that kind of reflects as a card carrying member of the Avengers. If you say I'm done. Yeah,
3: I get that less, but you know, after the incidents with Thanos, I think everybody
1: that was involved, which brings me, down, no, which brings me to this point. They Falcon should also be able to walk into a bank anywhere and say, listen, I'm the Falcon on my good name and the good deeds I've done, can you at least absolutely consider giving me a loan to absolutely. take care of this? And I'm glad they brought that up because that's happening in everyday life. That is something that he should be able to do. Yes, absolutely. And he should not have to worry about, you know, really running numbers and stuff it's like dude he's the falcon all you just <laughs> exactly. put on exactly yeah. put on his jetpack and do a couple flybys and everybody will show up you know like for a fundraiser like he literally you could have given him a loan and been like hey at homecoming at the homecoming high school game just do a couple flybys would you at halftime they don't have a budget like that less scared that, that's all i'm saying dude like legitimately they, they it still it's still it is so, I mean, but yeah, six episodes is definitely not going to be enough. No, uh, I really want to see what they're going to do here. Uh, I think if the time is right as far as like how the political landscape is and how uh, the social climate is right now. I think this is just going to hit hard on some subjects and, and do enough to raise awareness, too, about something.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely right. And the U.S. agent, I'm glad they brought the guy – From up, the old man from up Mm -hmm. to be the US agent. I've seen that meme everywhere. What a wormy dick
4: he was to Mm -hmm. still just have the audacity to ask him for a selfie. And it just because that is how people treat people in the spotlight like that. Mm -hmm. And that's I don't want to be like, oh, those poor famous people. Oh my goodness, how hard life must be. But seriously.
1: To, oh my to, god, Eric. Go ahead. Finish to, your point. I have a point
4: after that. But to feel like these people owe you, and that's his, that's, you don't make a request to somebody like that if you don't somehow feel like they owe you something. Mm-hmm.
3: That's right. And she chuckled. And it, but it was funny how she laughed, right? when Like, are you
4: yeah, serious? It's like, it's like when a creative does something that their fans don't like. Metallica makes an album that a lot of the fans don't like. Will they owe us this. Well, not really. Mm-hmm. Y- you know what I mean? It's just that's a whole weird thing. But that was just an extra dose of gross, man.
1: Yeah. Les. Oh, man. Go ahead, Les. Well, uh, there was another podcast I listened to um, and they had George Clooney on. And he talked about how he got into a motorcycle accident in Italy a few years ago and you know he flips off his bike and he tumbles and everything and he's hurt and he's like kind of coming out of it and he said he looks up and people are looking at him and they're like are you George Clooney and he's like yeah and they're like can you smile like they had their phones out taking pictures of him after he ate like he could have died
4: oh my god he said like dude. he's like
1: what <laughs> he's like and people were like yeah can you stay still for a second you know it's like taking like video and taking pictures That's of him
3: that's a great podcast, yeah. by the way. It's a plug, Smartless with Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, and Jason Bateman. Oh, fantastic podcast.
1: Smartless. They had uh, the latest one at W. Kamal Bell on. Oh, that's awesome. Really, really good, man. Really Awesome.
3: Good. Well, yeah, we all loved it. So we can't wait. If you want some more Easter eggs and more breakdowns of it, check out our YouTube breakdown. Uh, it was pretty fun. It's, it was really fun to actually uh, do that in the morning. Um, usually we're dying. Yeah. lack of sleep but uh i was pretty amped up afterwards i even text king tom that was awesome so uh yeah so i can't wait for episode two let's see what happens there um and lastly the snyder cut now les and i watched it like i said earlier together and after we were done we were pretty amazed on how great it was it kind of uh Knocked our socks off. I think. Uh, th- I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's overly. It is not score. immaculate. No, and that no. thing is it. There's it, overly done slow mo shots like Snyder does, I and mean, he loves doing that shit. Uh, the the music he picks for certain scenes, I don't agree with. Not that I don't like those songs. I just don't agree with the placement of the songs. But all in all, it felt like a fucking roller coaster ride. Chapters five and six were some of the coolest things I've ever seen on screen from a comic book movie. Um, um, Randy, our friend Randy, who we've had on multiple times, said it was the first comic book, comic book movie that he felt like he was reading a comic book.
1: Yeah, like, that it, it was looked like a motion like the, graphic novel. Mo-
3: gra- like it was a graphic novel, taking scenes from panels and putting it on screen. It was awesome. And it was very adult. Um, the violence was ramped up tremendously the wonder woman scene from justice league it's it's a whole new thing um there's an amazing scene, a scene with the flash at the end that i it's just it's blew my mind I, it was just fantastic i really really enjoyed it and we've been talking kind of talking shit on on snyder and dc and i will give credit where credit's due Zack snyder you killed it and it was fantastic it was really really good so if you haven't seen it take time and watch it watch it in different chapters you don't have to watch all four hours watch it in each chapter watch it six times in different in different uh times um it's worth the watch it definitely is and it's a lot different than the original you know it's not just yeah. well it's two different movies
1: if you think totally different movies they're two different different. movies uh yeah Uh, there was some things in there where you go okay we don't really need this, but right. this is, and, and you know what credit to Snyder and, and to Warner brothers for letting him put out his vision and just say, look, fine, go for it. Just do it. Uh, kind of glad it came out this way and we didn't have to like, you know, go to theaters. Well, we can't. So this was probably the perfect time for it and the perfect way to release this. It not immaculate, but very, very good. Definitely worth The gathering and watching and sitting through, I mean, we even had had four hours as a, yeah, I was going to say four hours and it didn't feel like four hours and you had things to look forward to. I mean, at one point I said, Hey, they still have to bring in a certain character and everybody's like, Oh shit, we haven't even got to that part yet. So it was kind of anticipatory and really exciting. Mm hmm. But and, it and is his
3: beautiful scenes last like those oh scenes yeah yeah the Superman coming back we could say Superman comes back because it's not a fucking spoiler right. so when Superman comes back it's beautiful how they do it right it's really well
1: done and then uh, you know what they addressed collateral damage the way that other superhero films should do so look the violence is ha- there's a huge amount of violence in the Marvel movies it's safe to assume the people in the fallout in ground zero are dead. They're just dead. You know what I mean? Like they're going to get wiped mm-hmm. out from the collision of powers. Right. Instantaneously. If wonder woman grabs you and throws you into a marble. Pillar head first, you're dead. And I do are know dead, brains are splattered. You're everywhere. dead. Yeah. So it's, it's like if splash runs by you, throws a right hand at your chin at full speed, you're dead. Like there's, if you, unless you're a metahuman yourself, You're gone. It's over. So, yes, Wonder Woman, I didn't mean to be violent, but she, that's what you get. She's saving here. You know, she doesn't pull punches. There it is right there. So, yeah, it was still, yeah, it's definitely worth the watch. And, I mean, I hate how they got it done. Let's be honest, the the Snyder bullies and that stupid online movement did set the train in motion. And, you know, it's terrible how they did it. It's really shitty. I just hope this doesn't fuel other, you know, quote movements. I mean, remember what happened to game of Thrones all right. of a sudden, like petitions and, you know, well, heck star Wars. We didn't even have to go that far. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah, just don't start asking for four hour cuts of other movies. Cause some movies came out that were three hours that are just perfect. infinity yeah. war and Endgame. Great. There it is. You know, mm-hmm. a deleted scene here, or there, cool, but we don't need, I mean, unless they choose to do some epic, marathon drive no, drive-in anyone, session no. those two movies, movies were fantastic cut together you might have you might have something there but yeah. that's it
3: yeah it was great so check it out i mean if you're really into it check it out we have a couple of voicemails uh, our boy andy sent us one and uh, let's uh, listen to his uh, reaction andy campbell
5: hey listers. andy here from good old australia hope you all are doing well It's been a while, and I thought I would let you guys know of my thoughts of WandaVision, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Cool. First up, with WandaVision, great show. Really enjoyed the performances of Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. You could really get the sense of how she was under so much grief after the loss of Vision in Endgame. And I found all the episodes really entertaining, and it gets me really excited to see where Wanda ends up next. Now for Zach's Justice League, I'm like still kind of speechless after watching it. I watched really? it on Monday and it improved so much from the, um, the original. Yes. Um, the, I guess the Joss Whedon cut. Um, I found that the characters, I actually cared for them, especially with Cyborg. Like, yeah, oh my exactly. God. I'm a huge fan of him now. Like, I really hope Zach continues to tell these stories of these characters. Yes, and so I'm, I. it made me a real big fan of Ben Affleck as Batman because I really didn't like him in the other cut. But in this one, I felt like it continued on from BVS, ultimate cut, of course. And it was just, yeah, incredible. Absolutely loved it. And to finish up uh, with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, great first episode, awesome action scene movie quality I would say and I like how Bucky goes to therapy for you know all the horrible things he's done and you know we see him trying to sort of repay from what he's done in the past I can't wait for the next few episodes what they have to show because all I can think of is it's going all the way up yeah and also I like just to say I actually liked Wonder Woman 84. Mm. Still don't understand the hate that it gets. Hmm. Uh, had a really good time at the cinema. Um, I don't know if it had to do with, you know, over here, our cinemas are open. Right. And, you know, it was basically, I think, the second movie I ever saw for a whole year almost. I don't know. But, like, I had a great time, um, and Pedro was incredible. Um, but, yeah, anyway, thanks again, guys. Keep up the awesome work. And before I go, how good was Tenet? Fuck Tenet. (laughs) Andy, you're the man. Thank
3: you so much. So listen, if I would have got to see Wonder Woman 84 in a movie theater, and it would have been one of the first movies I've seen in a year, I might have loved it, man. (laughs) With the big sound and the special effects and the action sequences and Gal Gadot in that big of a screen, I mean, I probably would have absolutely loved it. Um, I didn't dislike it. I just thought it could have been a lot better. That's it. Uh, now, going back to the Snyder Cut, I 100% agree with you. The characters, every single one of them, they've ele- they have elevated their, their development. And Cyborg, I didn't care for Cyborg at all for Justice League. I could give a rat's ass about Cyborg, Cyborg because they did him wrong. He was the star of this version. He was phenomenal. And so was Flash. And again, you're right. Affleck, I mean, awesome Batman. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad that everybody's getting their due uh, on this because they work their ass off. Uh, as you could see when you're watching this, they worked their ass off filming and people just shit on them for the last five years or whatever it was. Um, and I'm glad they're all getting their due. So that's really cool. Uh, any thoughts, Les,
1: on the Cyborg? Well, definitely definitely the- about, about Cyborg for sure. Because I remember... Like pleading with people that he's not an Iron Man knockoff like he yeah, remember is not, I said the first thing
3: I said not
1: what he is like he is not an Iron Man knockoff. He plays pivotal role a, a pivotal role in a lot of d c storylines mm. and his it's just one of those things I'll be honest i I was introduced to cyborg as a little kid on mm. the Super Friends show and yeah. watching that. And he's been in, in, in every incarnation of the Justice League or the Titans or Teen Titans ever since. So my whole life, I've known who Cyborg is and I've yeah. known what he brings to the table. It's just you kind of want him to be a little bit more mainstream. There are just some mainstream characters that are never going to catch on. They're just never going to get they're never going to get the traction they need to go forward. You know, I was surprised about Black Panther. Like I was really surprised by Black Panther because I'm like, oh, but the way they introduced him in Civil War was just perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of those things like how they have to bring these characters in because you hit it on the head. Cyborg, definitely a great character. Of uh, The one thing he does, the charitable thing he does for that struggling woman and her kids mm-hmm. and Helps her out in the movie is just awesome. Awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely de- helped develop all these characters, especially, like I said, Cyborg. He was, in my opinion, he was a star. He was awesome. Like, I had no idea who Cyborg was until I saw the last Justice League. And I was like, I don't give a shit about this guy. But uh, yeah, I'm totally, totally into it now. Um, and listen, we have a voicemail from the win, but we're not going to play this voicemail from the win because Boo is not here. And I know the whim is going to come at us, so I want Boo to be here to get some of that just uh, fire. He needs to bear I'm the mistaken. brunt. Yeah. He just yeah, he needs yeah. to take a bite of the sandwich. Absolutely. That's if he's going to mm-hmm. give it to all of us, Boo needs to be sitting right here and take it as well. So Wim, I, that probably pisses you off even more, but at this point, we don't care. Um, <laughs> just kidding. We love you. Uh, we're going to save that till next week. It's the sizzle, Wim. The sizzle. And I'm sure we're going to get it. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap this up. Mr. Tom Chansky, King of All Pods, the maker of Yaboo. Where can people
2: find you? People can find me spreading the truth about the truth behind the scenes of Star Wars at Tom Chansky at Twitter. The truth. Just remember that, the truth.
0: Mr. Eric Struthers, where can people find you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers.
4: Maybe check me out on Twitch at Eric Stralers Also, and uh, trying to throw together a uh, Red Dead Online posse in the next couple of weeks. So be looking out for that.
3: Nice. Look at Les is pointing to himself. There's a new song by Keith Leon called "The Bandit," and I always think of Eric when I'm singing along. You become El Hombre and the Bandit to me now.
4: Sweet. I'll take it. Yeah.
1: Les Gonzalez, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at LessIsMore78. Uh, you can also find me on our YouTube channel doing reaction videos and breakdowns to all the awesome geek shows out there. And uh, yeah. you can also find me here on The List. Speaking of awesome geek shows out there, The Geek Pod with Katherine Neen. We
3: love her. She's a big fan. And she's going to be on in a couple of weeks. So look for that.
4: That's awesome, man. I love her so much. That Geek Pod's a good show.
3: It's a great show. Very, very good show. And you can find me at The Sith List. People, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, listening. And Boo, uh, fuck off, you're not here. So I just want to throw that out there. For everybody else, thank you. We love you. If you've listened to the first episode all the way to this episode, we apologize, but we appreciate it. We'll catch you next week on episode number 243 of The Sith List. Just kidding! <laughs> <laughs> what the? I'm just
4: just trying to be a troublemaker. Really. Oh, that was really good. Uh, <laughs> I
3: know what I'm going to put at the end of the podcast. Huh? Oh, great.